The following episode will contain mentions of depression, burnout, and anxiety. Please adjust accordingly and take any precautions to protect your mental wellness. As a reminder, both student reps and today's guest are not mental health professionals or are authorized to give medical advice surrounding mental wellness. All tips and suggestions are personal advice given from our own experiences, so please do not take it as medical advice. Hello, hello, listeners. It is Maya, and I'm really excited to get to introduce today's episode. This is one that I am especially passionate about. I'm passionate about all of them, but this one is a little bit different because we're breaking our usual format of talking with student reps or doing a sort of um, information-based episode. And today we're going to be doing a new piece of our affiliate series. For anyone that doesn't know, so anyone who's not directly connected with Mind Out Loud, we have a really wonderful program that is new this year, um, and it's called our Affiliate Mentorship Program, or AMP, like AMP, super awesome. Um, This is a program that was created by Crystal Wadato, who is an incredible third-year student rep and student director, and it pairs college students or people who are in the professional mental health space with student reps so they can receive direct mentorship from people who are older and more experienced and just have a lot of leverage and influence over over mental health work and they can provide really incredible perspective on careers or even just personal things or students own mental wellness um it's been a really great and successful program and because of that we wanted to help highlight some of our incredible affiliates by producing several episodes of interviews with with them um and today is our first one so i'm really excited today we're going to be talking with miriam ansari she is an incredible case manager and advocate for refugee mental health and she's working out of california which is also where i'm based so it was really wonderful to hear how she was doing some regional work and i love talking with miriam because i felt very ignorant going into our conversation. I felt as if refugee mental health wasn't something I'd had an opportunity to talk much about. And in talking to student reps, I think that they had a really similar perspective. And that's what I think is so important and so exciting about Mind Out Loud is that it connects me and everyone with different people who are doing all this diverse work. Because mental health is, it's something that cannot be contained. It's something that spans demographics and regions and populations. And it's something that is going to affect everyone. So it's really important to talk to people who are working in demographics that are different from your own, I think. Because it allows you to to understand how mental health is um, interpreted and responded to across people who have had an entirely different experience from yours. And I think that that was something that was really powerful um, in talking to Miriam and also just learning about her own work and her own lived experience. That was also something I enjoyed. And I'm really glad that everyone gets to hear from Miriam as well today. And there are a couple things that I just kind of wanted to highlight and to maybe have you uh, keep an ear out for in our conversation. I think that there are two pillars that Miriam's work falls into very well including support for marginalized communities. I think that one is probably a little bit obvious, but um, 
her experience working with refugees was really eye-opening and I think that talking about intersectionality and talking about people of different identities is once again instrumental to fully understanding and creating supports for mental health that are going to span across demographics and I also think that she did a great job of touching on personal wellness especially as somebody who is working in a line that puts her um, at such high risk for compassion fatigue and puts her at risk for really dealing with all this secondhand trauma. I think that as people who are activists and who are wanting to help others, it can be really challenging to maintain your own wellness. And she did a fantastic job of talking about how she was juggling that and how it ended up leading to some burnout between her her professional life and her academic life. Um, And the way she deals with that and the way that she speaks about it with such vulnerability and bravery, I think is something that's going to help a lot of people. So I'm just really excited for everyone to hear Miriam and for us to produce and for you to get to hear the rest of the affiliate series. These people are awesome. They're awesome, you guys. Um, There's people who have helped all of our student reps so much with their mentorship and leadership. And they're also just really cool people. I love getting to talk with each and every one of them. And I hope that you love getting to hear them just as much. So today, super excited. Anil conducted this interview. I was lucky to just sit there and observe him crush it and to get to observe and listen to Miriam's amazing words. And... And so you'll get to hear Neil interview her. Um, he's going to do an amazing job, as, as he always does. And you get to hear Miriam. So we're going to go ahead and get into it. Hi, Miriam. Thank you so much for joining the podcast committee today. Um, if you could please introduce yourself with your names, pronouns, job, you know, educational background, and your relationship to the mental health work. Okay, so I'm Miriam. I'm sorry. Um, I go by she, slash her, and um, I'm currently a refugee case manager at ICNA Relief, which is a nonprofit organization. And a bit of my um, academic background, um, I go to I went to Cal Poly Pomona, um, and got my um, bachelor's in sociology, and I'm currently pursuing a master's in social welfare, and um, yeah, that's super cool. And what's your favorite thing to do in your free time? Um, probably, um, going and exploring like new coffee shops is like my fave right now um and what else like I'm also into photography and film photography so I kind of just like take pictures wherever I'm going and um yeah that's like that's my current hobby out of all the coffee shops you visited like which one would you say is your favorite so far oh my god there are so many I think this is like it's kind of crazy, but I was visiting Arkansas and Little Rock, Arkansas, and there was like a Star Wars themed coffee shop and it was the coolest coffee shop I've ever been to. And like, I'm from LA, so that's like saying a lot and it was so cool. Like they had like 
all the names of like the characters there's like a Chewbacca drink it was amazing loved that was like one of my favorites and probably in LA it would be like there's a there's a cafe slash bakery in Anaheim that's called Okayama and it's a Japanese um breakfast slash like bakery and cafe so their matcha from there is so good I love them <laughs> but yeah I have to go to the Star Wars one one day. Yeah, it's really good. So, what initially inspired you to engage with mental health advocacy, and like, was it like a personal experience, a passion, or was it something else? Um, I have always been really passionate about mental health, and um, you know, it just started at a very young age when I would notice either myself or with friends like have um struggle with mental health um issues and. Nobody would either, you know, understand or, um, you know, relate to us because as a woman of color and coming from a different background, it it manifests manifests very differently than I would say that most of the research or, um, you know, symptoms that you see in young adults or in children or adolescence, um, what it would look like. And I feel like a lot of the times it gets on, like, it gets overlooked and overshadowed because a lot of us are, you know, children of immigrants and we've been raised to, um, you know, be very successful. And I think that failure is not an option. Therefore, I feel like issues with anxiety or issues with, like, depression are very, like, under the surface because we don't really vocalize our issues so I think just conversations with like fellow peers and with fellow you know understanding adults was kind of what led me into this field and realized that I had a like a really huge passion of like becoming a mental health advocate and going through my own adversities and like just seeing how much work there needs to be done for especially our, um, you know, our adolescents and especially for children that are immigrants or, you know, children that face these adversaries and there's nobody to, like, vouch for them or to, like, be their voice. So, um, yeah, personal experiences, like, you know, like, going through college and not having a therapist was really a difficult struggle because I wasn't able to communicate efficiently you know that I have to take a break for one semester because I'm just not doing well and you know having culturally competent um care is really important because I have religious beliefs cultural beliefs cultural baggage um you know my own the way that I cope with things and I feel like there's such a broad spectrum of how um you know people with different backgrounds um face mental health and you know it's just I feel like there's so much to be done and I'm like we need more we need more you know professionals that are like from all different backgrounds to hear and to like vouch and to like understand what you know our youth is going through especially um of color but yeah so, um, like, in your own words, what would you, like, describe cultural awareness and, like, humility means in the mental health space? Yeah, cultural awareness is a big, um, 
a big part of why I'm so um, passionate about this because I feel like, like I said before, um, we have so much that we bring, such a rich culture that all of us bring from, you know, our parents or from our ancestors or from ourselves. Just like we're so like mixed and intertwined with um, a lot of like who we are um, and also like how what society we were you know brought up in and um I feel like it's I feel like the way that I was raised is that you know and I've been wearing a headscarf and hijab since I was in high school and I was like the first one in my family to wear one I was also um the only one out of like 4,000 high school students to wear a hijab so that was a struggle in it itself and I think I would talk to my counselors or I would talk to um staff and they just could not understand why I was struggling or what it would feel like because they don't know they they can't conceptualize what it feels like to be so isolated but to have friends and you know or to have people that seem like they understand so I feel like um it's a really hard question. I feel like it's with compassion and understanding and like deep learning and active listening to know like what um, kids are going through and what their background means to them, you know, and I feel like a lot of the times um, I've heard this myself is like, what's the issue that you're, you know, you're having problems with your parents or they don't understand that you, you know, need to take a break off of school or that you um you know need to be diagnosed with something or you feel like something's you know there's something wrong and there's such a cultural misconception um in my background of mental health and I feel like I feel like a lot of kids are not able to reach that help because it's so um frowned upon or it's like if you're labeled a certain thing like if you're labeled if you have depression or anxiety or OCD it's like you're not you're not good enough or you're not well and therefore like you won't succeed which is clearly we know that's not true it helps you you know um to to succeed further so you know like what's going on with you and how to how to cope with things in a different way or how to understand yourself and like you know live through life but yeah I would say like cultural competent like care is like the biggest thing and you know to lift up our youth is you know that they're the future you know if we don't help them with their with what they're going through and to aid them in like their coping mechanisms what they what they deeply feel um then you know we're just raising we're just like repeating a cycle Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for letting me quickly interrupt your listening to Miriam, but I wanted to remind everybody to register for Mind Out Loud's third annual event if you have not done so already. Um, Hopefully some of you have gotten to attend our first two annual events. They were super incredible. I loved every single moment of each of them. 
And now we're going to be having our third, which is, um, in my opinion, going to be better than ever. It is this April 27th of 2023, and there is a link to register basically anywhere where Mind Out Loud content exists, but one has been handily provided for you in this episode description. It is completely free. We have all kinds of options for school-based clubs if you want to do a watch party, and we're going to have so much amazing and diverse content on there from conversations with therapists at wellness together to celebrity and guest appearances to just hearing from other organizations and students that are doing the really important work in this sphere we really want to see we really want to see all of you there so make sure to register again it's completely free and this is a wonderful opportunity to get to hear more about mental health which if you're listening to us is clearly a topic that you're already interested in Again, the link for that is in our episode description. Okay, back to the interview. I really like what you said about, you know, having to assist the youth. And if you did tell your younger self, like, one thing through all the struggles you face, what would that be? Oh, my gosh. I always ask myself, like, this question. <laughs> I give myself interviews. I'm like, what actually would I say? I don't know. Honestly, like, just... I know it's really corny, but, like, hang in there. And it's so true because I've reached breaking points where I'm like... I don't really think that this is working out or I don't feel like, you know, what's the point anymore? And I just continuously tell myself, hang in there. And, you know, like you'll reach that point where the universe and life kind of just like meshes together and you're like, wow, like I really, if I had done this and this and this in the past and I didn't push myself or I didn't like, you know, support myself, like I wouldn't have gotten where I am now, you know? And honestly, just hanging in there and like, you know, having a really great support system, amazing friends is really important. I think that's what like the biggest thing that got me through a lot of like difficulties in my life is like just having great friends and like like a great support system. So through all these struggles, I'm so sorry to hear. um, Would you say that talking to somebody or having friends you could open up to was your greatest way to like let your emotions out and your... um, like how you personally coped with these symptoms you're experiencing? Yeah. Um, I also just like, I think that was the biggest thing and it helped me accept a lot of things in my life. I think I was um, prone to like neglecting or as prone to like denying a lot of the things that I struggled with, um, you know, with depression and anxiety. Like I was like, no, that's not me. Like it could, it could not be me. Like it can't be me. And then one day I was just like, you know what? Like, you're actually facing these issues and it's okay. And I feel like a lot of times I don't think that, I mean, when I was raised and I feel like a lot of my peers, like we weren't raised with failure or we weren't raised with like fear or like to accept fear and be like, okay, it's just another emotion. And I like happiness, it's another emotion, sadness, it's another emotion. And, you know, it's not as, it's not as um, much of a struggle as I I'm making it out to be um and I feel like validating feelings is like the biggest part and you know I 
it took me years to find a culturally competent um, therapist that also understands my background and my religious beliefs. And, you know, just now at 25, I finally have a therapist that, you know, understands what I'm going through. And, um, you know, I feel like that's the biggest thing because, you know, even having family and support at a certain point, their their threshold stops at a certain point to help you. Because they don't have the they don't have the tools, they didn't learn, they didn't go to like the proper ways to like, you know, combat your, the issues that you're having. So I feel like um, you know, really deeply like reaching out reaching out to people um that you might think that, you know, um maybe they can get me into a contact with like a therapist that understands what I'm going through because that's that's what happened to me I was waitlisted for five to six months for a therapist so I had to like reach out to other people and be like hey guys do you know somebody that could help me and um I think that's that should be you know um I think mental health should be something more talked about and also like seeking aid should be accessible and it shouldn't be a privilege I feel like it should be like default like a right for everybody so I like how you said how um like you're on yourself like you should look for um places you know where you can let your uh mental health out or where you can talk to somebody or just receive support for students who currently um, are facing some of the struggles you had where you couldn't really talk to people, where do you think they should turn to first in order to receive support and help? Yeah, um, I think, like, your guys' program, program is amazing. Like, I wish I had that in high school to, like, have an older person that looks like me or can relate to me or just, like, can understand what I'm going through is the biggest thing. I think that this is amazing and I can't wait this to like be like the like mandatory in schools or something. Like it's a dream of mine and I feel like if we start, you know, from the ground up, I feel like we'll, you know, we'll have a deeper understanding of like what our youth are going through and how to like help them. And I think like definitely like mentors is a big, big thing. Um I have an older brother that, you know, I would often like, you know, cry and vent to and he was he was my mentor, you know, growing up and I feel like sometimes some kids don't have that and I feel like having the older brother or sister like dynamic is really important cuz you know, it's like lived experience. So they can definitely like relate to you and understand and even if they can't relate to you just like sit there and hear and like validate them is really important i think that's really sweet how you've been up to your sibling i have a sibling too like whenever something happens she's normally the first person i talk to so i can really you know kind of relate to how you feel um so i know you're getting a degree and you're in college so many students right now balancing a lot of extracurriculars and coursework from school to get into you know um highly known colleges how how do you manage that like how do you balance your mental health with your coursework extracurriculars and your future um that's hard I mean it took me a really long time to understand that and you know sometimes I still struggle even with work you know just like really being like okay like you need to take a break and you need to like take this weekend and just like read and chill at home like I know you want to do like this this and this but sometimes I think that, it, like, realizing that this opportunity that you feel like you have to do, 
might like you might not doing that also saves you from a lot of the struggles that you're going through because I used to push myself really hard and I burnt myself out my last year of college and especially during COVID I was like how am I going to graduate like I have no motivation I can't like sit in this class anymore and like do this and um I think really understanding your needs and um assessing like how do I feel in this present moment like do I feel like you know attending this lecture or attending this or doing this extracurricular like can I can I give myself a moment can I give myself like a uh, half a day to just like sit there and like eat my favorite food or watch my favorite show and you know hang out with my favorite friends that I haven't seen in a couple months you know like really just like assessing what you need because you are your biggest advocate and I feel like if you you're the one who knows yourself the most and you have to deeply I feel like we're just so used to like ignoring our feelings and what our body's telling us like (laughs) I used to like oh my god this is crazy tangent but I used to like not sleep like in my last year like I was just like writing papers and all through the night then go to like an 8 a.m and be completely fine take a nap in the middle of the day then start like my night classes and that was like I wouldn't recommend any of that I feel like if you have a chance to have a break just have a break you know take a walk outside and it'll do more than you think it does I feel like a lot of the times I just would ignore and be like no it's 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 a waste of time or no I don't need to do that um you know buying yourself a little treat (laughs) I love I love doing that and it goes a long way so you know I think balancing is you know sometimes it's just gonna be a struggle and a lot of the times you know you'll see other people um partying or doing other things and they still do grading school and you're like why is that not me and it's just like I feel like everybody has a different journey and you know that your journey is just as important as anybody else's regardless of how long you take in school what curriculars you did what school you did you're still enough and I feel like those affirmations are really important especially when you're struggling just be like I am enough just sit there and just say like I am enough a couple times it does a lot (laughs) yeah yeah I really like how you mentioned how you're your biggest advocate you know how you need to uh love yourself but when like what symptoms would you experience like for a student to know when they need to take a break like would it be like being too overwhelmed feeling too much anxiety like when do you know that you needed to take a break from everything I think it's like it's hard to even assess because we're so used to like ignoring our symptoms and feelings and just pushing them aside um I think it starts small it starts with like you know not being able to like keep up with certain coursework or you know having it really struggling with a class specifically I think was the biggest thing I was like I think it was like a stats class and I was like oh my god I can't do this like I need to figure this out and I I just withdrawed myself because I was like I can't juggle this with all these other classes and I just like I just withdrew from the class and I think the biggest thing was is when I was affect like using that class and neglecting other things in my life like my friends or like my family or um my social life or my religious you know beliefs and I think the biggest thing was just being like okay 
assessing the issue and the symptoms would probably be like yeah like I said like neglecting or you know crying was a big thing I used to cry a lot because of that class I was just like I'll just take it next semester I like I can't do it this semester and I feel like a lot of times we're not like set up to like fail and I feel like fail failing is a huge part of life and I feel like we're just we have like this fear around failing and failing means that you're not good enough and like this whole rabbit hole and um you know it's okay to just say sit there and say you know I just can't and that's doesn't that doesn't mean that I'm not enough or that doesn't mean that I can't do things you know if I can't do this then you know I know a a bunch of things that I'm able to do so I think symptoms would be just like being very overwhelmed um, you know, I think eating is a massive thing. If you're not eating like properly because of stress, that's what I used to do. And I guess those are like the things that I, you know, personally went through. Um, those were my symptoms, but you know, it's different with everybody. And I feel like if a friend or a family member is like, Hey, I feel like you're really stressed out. I feel like that's a huge indicator of somebody else being like, you know, like, you look like you have a lot on your plate. And, you know, I feel like that's something that I just recently realized. Like, you know what? Actually, yeah, they're right. I need to take a chill pill. Like, I need to, like, settle down and I just need to, like, focus on what I love and what my hobbies are and what I'm passionate about. And that's another big thing. It's like, are you exchanging passion for, like, a future that, like, is costing you a lot right now and I feel like some people choose the latter and you know it just results into burnout and resentment and you know I I faced a lot of that so I feel like those were definitely off the top of my head the symptoms probably thank you so much for sharing your, your inspirational stories your struggles and being open with your tips is there anything else you'd like to share to the audience you know listeners Thank you so much for this opportunity. Like, you know, it means a lot to me. I've always wanted to, like, talk about this. But, you know, finding avenues where you're, you know, you're able to is really hard. And, you know, for people that feel like they're different or feel like they're misunderstood, you know, like, you're you're worth it and you are loved and you are amazing and you're going to do amazing things and you have done amazing things you know like there's nobody else like you in this world you're super unique and you know you are you and that's the best thing Hi everyone, welcome in. Hi. Hi. It's good to see you all. How are you doing? Doing I'm I'm delightful. That is fantastic. Okay, well to get us started, let's go from the top and have everyone introduce yourself with your name, a little bit about your involvement with Mind Out Loud, and then tell us who your favorite fictional character is. Let's start with you, Layla. Alright, hi, uh, my name is Layla, and I'm currently a committee lead for written publications as well as a student rep director. Um, I've been with Mind Out Loud for two years now. And, oh, my favorite fictional character, 
uh, it's Keith from Voltron. Awesome. What about you, Zoe? My name is Zoe. I'm the assistant coordinator for Mind Out Loud. This is my first year being with Mind Out Loud. And my favorite fictional character is Spongebob. Oh, that's awesome. That fits you so well. Alexa, what about you? Hi, my name is Alexa, and I am also student director for Mind Out Loud. This is my second year with Mind Out Loud, and I help with the written publications committee. My favorite fictional character is Olaf. I love Olaf. Oh my gosh, that also fits you so well, and that is such it's a good Olaf thing. energy, yeah. Such <laughs> Olaf energy. That is the biggest compliment I could give. Crystal, your turn. Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Crystal Odato. I use they, them pronouns, and I am a senior in high school, and this is my third year being a Mind Out Loud student rep, and my third or second or third year total being in this in the digital design committee, and I'm also a student director. And my favorite fictional character as of right now would be Waymond Wong from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Awesome. What about you, Ashmina? Hi everyone, I'm Ashmita. I am a student director at Mind Out Loud, and this is also my second year. Um, and I help out with the external relations committee. And my favorite fictional character as of right now would be Jude Duarte from A Folk of the Air series. Thank you all for sharing. I feel like everyone's favorite character matches their energy really well, and that's a fantastic thing. Okay. So we're going to move into talking a little bit about the annual event. I'm really excited to hear from you all about the information and to help get our audience really excited about it. So Zoe, let's start off with just talking about when it is and when students can put it on their schedule. Of course. So the annual event, our third annual event for Mind Out Loud, is Thursday, April 27th from 3 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. Perfect. So mark your calendars. Mark your calendars, everyone. Okay, thank you so much. And then let's talk a little bit about what it is. Just give a super brief overview of the way that we brand it and what it is that can be expected. All right, um, so the annual event is a collaborative effort between Mind Out Loud and Wellness Together, our parent organization. And we basically just bring together um, the efforts of collab- like speakers outside of the Wellness Together organization, as well as within Wellness Together, um, as well as uh, within Mind Out Loud, so like the student reps. And everybody contributes together to provide um, the annual event, which is like the program where um, students, teachers, parents, anybody can tune in and listen to us provide resources and guides and um, just explanations about a lot of varying mental health topics and some of which may not be um, as widely talked about. So we want to kind of open the conversation and get the ball rolling and just kind of get people thinking and also create um, a better sense of understanding when it comes to certain uh, mental health topics. So basically just um, increasing mental health literacy. Awesome. Does anyone have anything that they want to add for that one? Yeah, I think also something that stands out about the Mind Out Loud annual event and also a reason why you should totally attend is that the annual event is very much about awareness and literacy, but also what you can do with that awareness and how to take action from the amount of knowledge and education that we have about mental health. So I'm really excited for that part. And I think that is a really distinct part of the annual event that everyone should come for for that specific reason. I think you're totally right, Crystal. That's a great addition. Okay, 
Let's move into what students can expect. So talking about exactly what the run of day is going to look like and what different things will be offered for students to engage with. Yeah, I can cover what students can expect at the annual event. So one of the coolest things, in my opinion, for our third annual event this year is a curated list of breakout rooms that our student directors and our student reps have worked really hard on planning and organizing that align with Mind Out Loud's four main pillars, which, in case you don't know, are one, personal wellness, two, suicide prevention, three, advocacy for marginalized communities, and four, awareness and um, an opportunity to be engaged with mental health um, opportun opportunities. Um, and I think all of these breakout rooms are really important to attend and also really unique in what they're sharing in terms of experiences, lived experiences, and also education and ways to take action because they, although they are all different pathways in terms of the content they're focused on, they're not very much um, intersectional in the way that they are all related to each other. So a lot of these breakout rooms, for example, will be talking about suicide prevention, but also obviously in our conversations about suicide prevention, we will like talk about the importance of specifically like, for example, research in suicide prevention for marginalized communities. And for me, that's something that's really exciting that I'm really looking forward to with these breakouts. But aside from these um, breakout rooms that are aligned with our main pillars, we also have our main session and um, a lot of really amazing things happening with our event hosts and with also student reps who are gonna be in the studio live um, doing things for example, like one of our student reps, Anil, is reading um, poetry that he himself wrote as a part of celebrating creative expression and also hosting a lot of fun giveaways and um, talking to sort of like our quote unquote keynote speakers or main speakers for the event. So I think a combination of like this main session um, event that's happening along with the breakout rooms is what's going to make the Mind Out Loud 2023 annual event like really really cool and what you could expect that sounds awesome crystal perfect and alexa can you transition into how students can join and how we can have so many awesome attendees yeah there are so many different ways that you can watch and attend the event online you can definitely register and watch it with yourself or a friend and if you're thinking about trying to get more people involved more peers in your community mind out loud does an amazing thing of allowing you to host watch parties so you bring the people we bring the pizza and it's a great way to really start this mental health conversation in your community and if you're unable to attend the event on the 27th we also offer after party opportunities where you're able to watch everything that happened from the breakouts to the main session even after the event has already passed so that's another great way to be able to distribute all the amazing information that comes from the event even if you can't attend it live awesome thanks alexa and zoe can you briefly talk about how much it costs and what students are going to have to do if they want to get involved i can so it is absolutely free you do not have to pay for the event. We provide it to all students. You just have to register and that's it. Awesome. And that goes for the watch parties as well, right? So the pizza Everybody. and all that. Yep. Amazing. Well, Ashmita, I think people are super excited now. So I think you should talk about how they can get registered. And where they can go. 
Yeah, so you can go directly to our website at www.mind.lot.org and you can find the registration link on there, which is just a simple Zoom registration link. It should only take like a couple minutes for you to um, sign in and do all of those things. And on the website, you can also find more information on what the event is about, speakers that are going to be attending, um, the breakout pathways that we have, and some statistics from our Mind.lot events from the past two years if you want to learn more about that so our event website has much of the info on there and you can also head to our social media page on instagram which is just mol students um and we should have the registration link in our link tree which is in our bio and you can also find lots of information on our instagram page as well Thank you, Ashmita. And thank you, everyone, so much. I think that people have a much clearer understanding of the event now. And I hope to see all of our listeners there. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to it. <laughs>